Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Marge. Yes, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Marge and host of Bite Me the Show About Edibles, everyone's favorite podcast about edibles. That was so cheery and nice. Such a professional <laughs> intro there, as usual, Marge. Very well, nice. Very nice. Let's let's see what Monkey can do. We also have Monkey do. <laughs> hey everybody, Monkey down here in the southeast U.S. enjoying a beautiful sunshiny day with blue sky, no cold weather, no snow, and no rain. Anybody uh, jealous yet? Yes. Okay. Well, you just remember you in the summertime when I'm sweating and hot, you'll be comfortable, and I won't. I'll also be sweating and hot, probably. <laughs> probably so. That's the way it goes. You know how it is. Yeah. And we also have Bubble Hawk. No, we don't also have Bubble Hawk. Oh, I'm just taking the piss. Everybody's like, oh, is it Bubble Hit? No, he's not here yet. He's still out there grinding. And and we he's have Mackie. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I, do, I do say Mackie at the start, right? I, I am Mackie from the UK and joining us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. It's all part of the spiel. I feel like you can flesh it out a little bit. Give the people more. I don't, I don't really have much else to say other than that, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I'm Mackie. I'm the guy who just wings it and grows nice plants, you know? <laughs> right. Know, maybe you need to drop like a weekly Mackie fun fact or something like that. Ooh, I like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, weekly oh. Mackie. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's a good idea. Or just a okay. random thing. Uh, yeah. The more random, the better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about that and try and implement it for the, the, the future shows, the future episodes. I was going to say know. next week, but it's going to be different episodes next week because, uh, you know, the festive season is approaching. And this time next week when we're recording the show, it's going to be Christmas Eve. So, you know, it's going to be a busy time. So there won't be any normal shows for the next couple of weeks. I think we're back for a proper episode for the Cannabis News and Events of Grow Guides on the 7th of January. So there's going to be random Christmas sessions and the conspiracy special that's coming up, but we'll tell you all about that in the news when we get there, everybody to you know, stay informed for that. Yeah. I heard that the listeners would cancel a, the conspiracy special. That's my first conspiracy. You know, <laughs> that's it. We're going to try and get canceled on the, on that episode. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they allow us to have. Yeah, I, I guarantee we get shut down. No, it won't oh, really. I, I don't think we'll we be will. all right. Yeah, tongue-in-cheek stuff, man. It's just what if, you know, for fun. And then Billy's going out there on the chat. Look, he says, this week's Mackie fact. He lost at backgammon because he's a noob nice handler. He means dice handler. But yeah, the, it was a ridiculous game. If anybody plays backgammon, you'll understand, right? I've been way ahead on the game for the whole time. He rolls some lucky dice towards the end of the game, and it comes to the point where I've got two points left, two chips left to get off to go home. And they're both on the one point. So it doesn't matter. And the next roll, I win. And Billy has four on the last point, four chips on the last point. So he needs two rolls or a double to win. It's his turn. He's got four to go. I've got two to go. He offers the doubling cube. I have to fucking accept the double because uh, I can't just throw away the game. And then he rolls a double six, doesn't he? The jammy bastard. And fucking wins the game. (laughs) Wins the game for four points, man. Just like strategy and luck. Yeah, it's a combination of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and you know. Billy got very lucky in that game. 
very lucky. Well, that was his strategy to get very lucky. Right. It's the only way he can win. You know, and before that game, I was explaining to him how I kick his ass all the time. And he wins like on the luck ratio of about 20% of the games he wins and the rest are all mine. But he, <laughs> but he posts screenshots when he wins. Well, yeah, this is what we're going to start having to do now. And it, it made me think maybe we should do like a backgammon competition over at Percy sometime. If we can just share screenshots of who won and who lost and things like that, it would be easy to do if anybody knows how to play. It's not a very popular game nowadays. It's actually a pretty fun game, though. I like backgammon. Oh, you play? We should play sometime, Mike. I do not play well. That's I okay. I play very well. well. I, I can kick your ass. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. It's a fine balance of luck and skill, isn't it? It's a fine mm-hmm. balance, man. And, and crazy things can happen in backgammon. Good game. You know, stoners need to play more board games like that. You know, get off your phones, everybody. Stop looking at the screen and go and play an actual game with an actual person in real life. And, you know, share a joint with them. Playing yeah, backgammon, a like, couple of joints, man. Yeah. Before the electricity. <laughs> and they're playing backgammon by candlelight. Good times. Good times. I love backgammon. It's a great game. But yeah, so what we're doing this week, we're talking about the cannabis news events. Of course, we have five stories. One of them is not necessarily a news article. It's uh, We've got some stats from the UK government about drug use and drug abuse and all of this shit, which I think mm-hmm. we would cover. Some news out of the Netherlands, everybody. We like to cover the news from the Netherlands mm-hmm. now and again. Remember, all the times uh, over the past few years of uh, doing the podcast, we must have reported a couple of times about how the Netherlands are going to make make it illegal for tourists to go to cannabis uh, consumption lounges and coffee that shops. Was and all that was about shit. every two months we were yeah, reporting yeah. Mm-hmm. a new attempt to make that happen. It's going to be a good session. What are you smoking on, Monkey? Where you got? Well, uh, last night the missus was begging me to get into that mango smile, so I did. And then when she left, I grabbed a jar, and now I've got the jar of mango smile. It is delicious, man. It is wonderful stuff. Extremely strong. I've got to be careful with her. I won't be able to read my news articles. Who's that from Mephisto? (laughs) It is, man. Mephisto's. I mean, the nugs were really, really nice and solid, but, I mean, this has got so much terpene in it. I mean, you crush them. And it smells just like it's intense, sweet smell of dried mangoes mm-hmm. comes popping out of it. Even Dang when you're vaping it. I mean, on the exhale, the inhale, it's just all mango. I love it. Nice. You're a fruit, fruity weed kind of person and you like hybrids. Mm-hmm. This is a, that's a good one. Sounds good to me. Yeah, man. I've got uh, forgotten strawberries from Mephisto, mm. it's a, nice. which is uh, at a certain stage of dry, which we'll be discussing in the Grow Guides and the List of Mail question. We have a... Uh, an interesting suggestion for a certain drying stage throughout your, oh, your okay. drying process. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about later on. But yeah, it's not quite dry yet, but it's it's enough to smoke. So uh, mm. that's what I'm smoking on. It's delicious, man. It's lovely weed. Uh, Mephisto's just good shit, you know. It is good Mephisto's stuff. high quality, man. What you got, Mike? I got a little amnesia haze, but I'm probably going to... I've already eaten a, a pumpkin cranberry cookie, so Ooh. we'll see. We'll see. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about the edibles, but yeah, I did grab about eight uh, small gummies on the way in. So, you know, that'll be kicking in around the Grove Guides. Yeah, but they're only only five mils each. So, you know, it's it's not that big of a dose. It's 40 40 mils. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so bad. bad. Marge could do 40 mils easy. Yeah, Yeah, that's Marge, though. She, she, she eats edibles for breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I do not actually, not typically. <laughs> All right, sweet then. I think that's everything, right? We should uh, move on to the news. I think we can cover everything else as we 
move through the show. Don't forget to hit the like. We already covered all that stuff. And don't forget to like your joints, everybody. Get a little bit high and get prepared for these news articles we have got lined up for you. Are we all ready to go? Certainly. Yeah. Let's do this. So, different news articles from around the world. I think we have five today, five to cover. Do you want to go first, Monkey? You want to cover one of yours? Okay, I mean, I got a long one or a short one. Where you want to go, Mackie? Uh, let's do let's do the 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 twenty ninth form of federal prosecutors. Okay, that that's let's the do long, that one. That's that's the long yeah. one. Okay, now this is I'm going I am going to try to stop myself from getting into a monkey rant in here because there is a bit going of again. Rant. Jesus, there is a wow. bit of rant worthy uh, stuff in here. Well, the thing is. When I found this article and started reading through it, it had a lot of parallels to what's go- what, ha- what was going on in Ohio, except this is happening on a federal level. Okay, so here the article is titled 29 formal, Former Federal Prosecutors Urge Biden Administration to Leave Cannabis in Schedule 1. Now, actually, it said marijuana, but, you know, I always change that. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Said in a letter sent to the heads of the Department of Justice and the Drug Enforcement Administration this week, 29 former U.S. attorneys are urging the Biden administration to leave cannabis in Schedule One of the Controlled Substances Act, arguing that cannabis has only become more dangerous, potent, and addictive since the government last reviewed it in 2016. So right there, that first opening article, a first paragraph right there kind of sets the stage because I think we all can pick out at least one thing in there that we don't like hearing, you know. Mm -hmm. So so the correspondence comes after the DEA continues its review on cannabis scheduling after the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommended in August that the substance be moved reportedly to a Schedule 3. Now, this is this is a quote from some of the prosecutors. Almost no one has benefited from legal weed, the formal federal prosecutors claim in the letter, but there is a one group coming out on tops, the drug cartels. Many oh. states have enacted home ca- cannabis laws, which led cartels to growing cannabis in the United States to cut trafficking costs. Now, guys. Who is this guy getting his info from? I don't want to know that. The, somebody the is, is, paid him. Somebody's <laughs> trying to use legal home grows. A cartel is, is growing 12 <laughs> Maximum, maximum of 12 plants at a time to fund a cartel. Yeah, well, (laughs) those are big yields. You can get big yields off of 12 plants, you know. Mm -hmm. That's right. Probably (laughs) millions of dollars worth, you know, Mm -hmm. according to them, at least. uh, Millions of dollars of deadly cannabis. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, go ahead and sit down here and and hit homegirl as being the reason that cartels are are, are aiming to get this uh, legalized. Come on, guys. That is most mm. ridiculous claim ever out there. I don't okay. know. There's, you know, that whole bat one? That one, that's <laughs> probably the most ridiculous claim out there, you know? Well, that, that was pretty <laughs> ridiculous, and I'm still waiting for anybody to, 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 to stand up and, and, and own that one. I mean, it's still in the records, but nobody wants to talk about that. Man, you, you should do it, man. You, you should make the bat weed. <laughs> you know? I could start a uh, congressional inquiry to the, this this part of the congressional record to have it stricken because it, it did never happen, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons for cannabis current Schedule One status is the government's assertion that the plant has no recognized medical use, an issue reform advocates has challenged as more than three quarters of the United States has adopted medical cannabis laws. We all know, everybody on this panel knows, and most of our audience, if not all of our audience, knows that there are 
uses for cannabis in the medical field. CBD started the, the thing, and now we have gone into all kinds of treatments that, that work for cannabis. And I'll say point blank that I've never found anything to work for sciatica the way edible cannabis does. It so, just boggles my mind that they're like almost, quote, unquote, almost no one has benefited from legal weed. Like, yeah. who are they talking to? <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. Are these 29 former federal prosecutors of retirement age? Like, I don't understand how they're so out of touch. Yeah. Actually, I do understand. They are of retirement age, I'm sure, but. Well, yeah, you, you realize keeping it illegal is to their advantage because it gives them the power over you and me. So this, you know, we right. all know what's going on here. This is not about Canada. This is about power. This is what's going on. So the former prosecutors, however, asserted that the, that the data supports the determination that cannabis does not have accepted medical uses for safe or, or safe under medical supervision, alluding to the June 2023 review that the former U.S. attorney said concluded that cannabis-based medicines increased adverse events related to the central nervous system. Now, I haven't seen that. And that must be a probably a very isolated situation if that report exists, because I've always heard it was the opposite. So they seem to be spinning all of our data here. We urge you to consider the scientific research that demonstrates cannabis's high addictive potential, its lack for safe medical use, and the impact rescheduling will have on prosecuting drug cartels when conducting your scheduling review. Did you all hear that right there? The impact scheduling will have on prosecuting drug cartels. Now, you and me we would be labeled as drug cartels because we're, we're growing weed, right? And fuck them. Call, call whatever you like. Fuck them. But uh, what bothers me is where it says it's lack of safe medicinal, uh, safe medical use. It, it just baffles me how they could fucking say something so stupid, man. Something so <laughs> obtuse. The lack of safe medical use. You mean for all the opioids you've dished out to everybody? And look at all the lack of safe medical use you have for those fucking things, man. And cannabis exactly. is one of the most harmless things you can take as a medicinal product there is man it's hard to think of something that is less harm harmful than cannabis is you know and they say something stupid like that it's lack of safe medical use get a fucking you could grip. argue that caffeine has more adverse effects than cannabis. i will no absolutely Definitely. absolutely right. and yet that's widely accepted and everybody drinks it in that's some right. way yeah, it's even accessible to kids. I mean, come on, you kid right. can walk in there and put a, put a coins into a vending machine. Out comes Coca Cola loaded with caffeine. Mm -hmm. so, the Red know, Bull. Yeah, no. no problem. There, there are no Monster Energy those kind of things. Mountain Dew. Keep on going. You know, Jesus, it's out there. Okay, the former U.S. attorneys also warned that one effect of rescheduling to Schedule Three is that cannabis companies would no longer be subject to Internal Revenue uh, Service rule. Uh, 208E, which prevents standard business deductions for business that work with Schedule One substances, basically meaning that now these these cannabis businesses could now all of a sudden use banking, and that's what we've been trying to do all along right. is put it on mm -hmm. the books. You know, mm -hmm. it's just it's it's crazy. Okay, this means that uh, cannabis this means that cannabis corporations would be able to deduct to deduct expenses for advertisements appealing to youth and the sale of kid friendly. Cannabis gummies, the letter, the letter claims. How? Okay. No, there is no legal cannabis anywhere in the world that I'm aware of that market, markets anything to children at all, ever. It's against the law. they up at this point. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, this is what the letter keeps going like this. I mean, it's like most, most states with legal cannabis already prohibit minors 
and many have passed regulations intending to limit the appeal of cannabis products to children. This is this is what the uh, this is a rebuttal. They're already saying what we already know. But these these stupid idiots. Here comes the monkey part of it coming out the rant part. The idiots here that don't want to listen to everything else and look at the actual facts want to make up their facts. It's crazy. The authors pointed mm -hmm. to decades of adherence to drug war thinking as evidence that prohibition should continue. For 50 wow. years, Fuck. they wrote, both Democratic and Republican administrations have followed the science and affirmed that cannabis should not be rescheduled. Where's the science? They keep saying we don't have the science. So where's the science that they follow to say that it needs to be scheduled? I don't see that. Okay. They also uh, noted a fact sheet from the National Institute on Drug Abuse saying that researchers haven't conducted enough large-scale clinical trials to show the benefits of cannabis plant as opposed to its cannab cannabinoid, cannabinoid ingredients outweighs the risk to patients. Now, as a rebuttal, for years, however, the director has told the lawmakers that other federal agencies that cannabis is schedule one prevents it from being researched. So that basically mm. these lawmakers are saying, we need more research, but if you keep it on schedule one, we'll never get that research. I really am starting to question the intelligence of these these uh, prosecutors. Or oh, their, their integrity. It could be a bit of both. The intention is really what I'm doubting more than anything, Mackie. And I don't want to say it that way, but, you know, but they're citing improper evidence with the intent of keeping something illegal. But they, the, I really think that they're hiding the intent of keeping it legal, which is control mm -hmm. of the general population. You know, mm -hmm. they have more power. They can they can pull out this magic schedule one law yeah. and send you to jail. So nobody can be this ignorant. That's the thing. You, you know, it's there has to be some kind of motive behind them wanting to stay illegal. It, it, it's as simple as that. Nobody can be this ignorant, man. Nobody. Mm -hmm. uh, well, among the other claims in the letter sent out this week, the former U.S. attorney said that 30% of cannabis users become addicted and that the cannabis addiction rate in Washington state after legalization was 21%. Oh, my God. They just yanked... defining addiction in this particular instance. Yeah. I, I have no idea because, you know, uh, the addiction is one thing. We haven't even heard about that yet, but we have heard about cannabis use disorder, and we understand that. He's not even using the proper terms anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's mm. nuts. Yeah, addiction is different than the cannabis use thing, in my opinion, at least. He said, uh... We can't afford to create a, a new big tobacco that targets kids, the letter says. Placing cannabis in Schedule 3 will allow the industry's commercialization's ability to explode. Fuck uh, off with that. Honestly, if they're really <laughs> concerned about the kids, like, why is tobacco legal? Yeah, the thing <laughs> is, the other day I was in the shop and they had, the, they had these things, man. And I was like, what the fuck is that? That looks a bit interesting. I was like, bro, was, it was called Zips or something. I can't remember exactly what they were called. But it was pretty much nicotine gum it was chewable mm -hmm. tobacco in it like a nice kid friendly packaging and shit it looked like nice chewing gum it was like oh, that, that's appealing to my eye can i see what that is please sir <laughs> and then uh, you know it's like oh it's uh like chewing tobacco blah 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 it's like what what the fuck we can't afford to create a new big tobacco that targets kids from all the vaping products that we have now, it's, it's just a fuss. Like how much does big tobacco cause the public health system? Well, I guess there isn't really a public health system in the States, but how much, how many health problems does that cause? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's fine. But let's keep mar marijuana. Let's keep cannabis as schedule one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it makes no sense, does it? it? makes no sense. No. 
Absolutely none. It absolutely makes no sense at all. But I mean, these people seem that they seem to think that they're actually intelligently speaking. They have no idea what they're talking about. I really wish that before these people would write a letter, they'd actually sit down, maybe take a few hours and, and do some research. Yeah, it, it wouldn't even take long, would it? Like an it afternoon. Wouldn't. Just yeah, spend the I afternoon mean, doing a bit of research. Why don't you sit in, in a Zoom room with Dr. Dr. Grinspoon and talk about it? Give him all your concerns and find out what the real facts are, you know? Medical, actual mm-hmm. medical facts, or maybe Dr. Bonnie. She said she's found research papers that these people don't even think exist. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense, you know? It's crazy. Okay, the anti-cannabis advocacy group, Smart Approaches to Cannabis, uh, first posted a letter on social media Thursday morning. In the statement, Sam President Kevin Sabat said we... No, today's high potency THC drugs are associated with lower IQ. Oh, the cheeky fucker. <laughs> Sorry. Psychosis. <laughs> keep going. Psychosis. Depression. Su- suicidality. Okay. Motor impairment. Psychosis again. And schizophrenia, among other consequences. Rescheduling cannabis will put the commercial drug industry on steroids and make it even worse for those suffering from addiction. So is he yeah. linking to the studies that show all of that actually? <laughs> no, there's no think? footnotes. There's no links. There's no there's right. no sourcing. It's just thrown out garbage, you know, uh, typical stuff. I don't know. I mean, can you do we really need to have to sit down there and dissect this thing and, and realize that they had no idea? I mean, we, we talked, we've talked to Dr. Grinspoon and we've asked about the whole psychosis and schizophrenia thing. And he said, point blank, he said, the studies show that there, there has been the, the rates of schizophrenia and psychosis in the general population have been unchanged for the last hundred years. So wait a minute, where's, where's the surge? I don't see it. It's crazy. Sabat also said on Thursday that, we, that he was proud that his organization helped organize, organize the letter with federal prosecutors from bipartisan administrators but that the bipartisan might be overstated that the vast majority of signatories were appointed by Republican presidents with limited examples of administrative overlap. According to an analysis conducted by the National Cannabis Roundtable Policy Director, David Mengo. So yeah, we, we know that the Republican <laughs> Party is more anti-cannabis than the Democratic Party is. And I, 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 I could go into it and get really angry there, but People. It's just that guy's name there, man. David Mangon. Mangon. Where's, Where's David? Mangon. Mangon. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Mangon fam. <laughs> Mangon home. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah, All right. Despite the fervor over the ongoing rescheduling review, outside observers still know a little about HHS's justification for recommending that cannabis be moved to Schedule 3. While the agency sent hundreds of pages of explanation to a DEA as part of its rescheduling recommendation, those documents have so far only been released in highly redacted form. With little to no indication of the federal agency's findings related to the possible medical effects, addictive potential, or any other aspect of the policy's decision. So, it's, I mean, we can keep going here and beating this horse dead, but you have to just see right here that when I read the article, only thing that came out really, really strong me is okay, we have prosecutors here that are just basically uh, regurgitating the same worn out lies, the same mm-hmm. BS that everybody else has been saying in an attempt to keep something illegal so that they have power over the general population to put people in jail or cause problems or threats 
anytime that they feel like it. So there's really, they have, they haven't done any research. Nope. They have no idea what they're talking about. And I bet you none of them have even, well, most of them have probably never even tried it. And this is it, right? This is why a lot of stoners out there trying to kind of lean towards the conspiracy theory kind of folk, because look at this bullshit and look at the effort these people go through to try and convince us that cannabis is dangerous and should be illegal. You know, it, what else do they do this for? This is just cannabis. You know, we look closely at this because it's something that interests us. But there's many other things out there that they do the same thing with. You're yeah, exactly that's a, right. That's a different you know, yeah. The history, you know, the history on this one in the states, at least, was you know this was actually just made illegal to give a, a somebody a the power to put people that he didn't like in jail, deport them. To, mm-hmm. you know, basically to, to keep kicking them into, until they went away kind of a situation like that it's a sad situation you know that could happen to anybody else out there because yeah they just picked a random thing hey let's just use this you know this plant which nobody's really complained about it's kind of out there and never really know much about it let's just make it illegal because mm-hmm. now we can control all these people just by doing that oh man it's government yeah and mook said there in the chat private prisons are one of the largest industries in california when you own a prison, you need inmates. Private prisons should never have been a thing, man, and they should be made illegal. Right. Absolutely well, disgusting, but that's a thing. So do we look at it in this way that, you know, these prosecutors need criminals or they don't have a job? Well, you know? That's the way it goes, really. Yeah, I mean, they want us to keep it illegal because mm. if, it's, if it's legal, they can't prosecute us for it. You know? you got to think of the amount of, uh, you know, how much in the justice system is taken up by victimless crimes through drug offences. You know, how many people are in the court system, in in prisons, you know, taking up police time because of their own adult choice to want to alter their perception in some way using some kind of substance when it's not going to have a detrimental effect on anybody else when they're just doing their thing. How many people like that are taking up space in the justice system? And when that goes, if that does ever go, which it should do eventually, how many jobs are no longer going to be needed in those sectors, man? It's going to be a third. A third of the jobs are going to get cut or something. Or they'll find something else to uh, to uh, make use of those people for. Like they did with cannabis in the first place. Because yeah, it yeah. was all about prohibition, wasn't it? The, the alcohol prohibition. And then when Uh-oh. alcohol was legalized again, it was like, oh, but all my, my guys are going to lose their jobs here. We need something to replace it. Let's exactly. make them chase after cannabis instead. Power. Yeah, and- and that's when uh, Aslinger got his friend in the pharmaceutical industry to testify in front of Congress about the bat weed, you know. And everybody mm-hmm. out there in chat, everybody out there that listens to the show knows they find bat weed, you better call a monkey because I want my damn bat weed. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's just looking more and more likely as if that guy was lying. You think? Well, I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry to break oh, that to man, you, Oh, man, I want yeah. that bat weed. Yeah. He lied to Congress? You mean he lied well, to the government? No, no, surely not. You can't say th- that's l- slander <laughs> right there. You can't say that. It's the can't say that. It's got to be know? out there, so I want my damn that's bat right. weed, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. And it was like that thing we, that popped up last week. They say here as well about there's no studies uh, saying that cannabis can help with any conditions. and There's no real studies and all that shit. Oh, but then, then go on to quote about how cannabis can cause psychosis and shit. And it's like, where are your studies? Why are you so confident in what you say? Because there's no studies. But so not confident in what we say, because there's no studies. It doesn't, you can't pick and take. 
But obviously, the government can, and we'll just fucking accept it. And carry Actually, on. excellent point there, because you know he made a claim saying that it was causing psychosis. Where are the studies for that? Show yeah. me the studies at the you rate see, of studies, motherfucker. I want to see. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, you can't just go and make make a statement like that. That ain't right. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. These people anyway, are for shit. Remember, guys, we've got an election year coming up. I know everybody's got to vote their conscience and stuff like that. But remember, there's a certain party out there, a certain sector of a, of a certain party, I should say. Not exactly, can't paint with huge strokes, but find out what your candidates think about candidates before you vote, maybe. So, right. Yeah. Yes. Interesting story. That's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. That was crazy, man. But uh, let, let's do this one from the UK. This one from the UK, it's not so much of a news story. It's just uh, some studies that have been done. This comes from the government website, gov.uk. Uh, let me scroll down to this bit here. Right, so this is essentially a study that uh, it goes into how many people are using what type of drugs, what kind of addiction, what impact it has on society. And it's a, it's a pretty long one. I'm not going to cover all of it. We're just going to cover some pieces of it so you can see what's going on here in regards to drugs in the UK. So we've got trends and treatment. Well, we'll read the title first. It's just got a long ass bit here. You see that? Uh, Adult substance misuse treatment statistics from 2022 to 2023 reports published on the 14th of December, 2023. And yeah, this is from the government. So it's all official and you know, there's not going to be any lies or misinformation in this. (laughs) You see, it's going to be hundred percent through note that there YouTube Note that to yourselves. The government said this, not me. I'm just reading their shit. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) trends in treatment numbers. There were 290,635 adults in contact with drug and alcohol services between April 2022 and March 2023. 2023. You see what I said there? Uh, This is a small rise compared to the previous year. The number of adults entering treatment in 2022 to 2023 was 137,749, which is higher than the previous two years. And it gives you some figures. I won't read out all the numbers. Uh, The numbers of people entering treatment was relatively stable from 2016 to 2017 up to 2021 to 2022. Trends in substance use treatment. That's what this says. Uh, Nearly half, 48%. The adults in treatment were there for problems with opiates. So, oh, cannabis. Yeah, look at that. Fucking oh, 48%. No. Let's do no. something about these opioids because it's obviously a fucking problem, don't you think? No, no. It's the harmless herb that's the problem. I'll carry on. Despite the number of people in treatment for opioid, so opiates, and maybe they're different things, but I'm sure they're similar, but opiate use slightly decreasing from last year from 140,000 to 138,000. This remains the largest substance group. You can find more information about what the different substance groups are in the people in treatment substance sex age section, which is down lower lower in this article. So people in treatment for alcohol alone make up for the next largest group of 30%. So that's 48% for people who are looking for services for help with opioid addiction. And then the next one after that is 30%, which is for alcohol addiction. So that's already adding up to 78% of all of the people looking for help so far. Yeah, alcohol is 30%. Sorry, Marge? Which is available everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And encouraged in most cases. Right. But, you know, drink responsibly, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Of all adults in treatment, the number of those rose by 2% from the previous year, from 84,697 to 86,257. 
but this is lower than the peak of 91,000 in 2013 to 2014. Uh, these were increases, uh, sorry, there were increases in other two substance groups at 1% increase for the non-opioid group and 4% for the non-opioid uh, and alcohol group. This, follow, this follows a rise last year of 7% for the non-opioid group and 11% for the non-opioid and alcohol group. And it does explain what they those groups specifically are in a little bit. Uh, after seeing a decline in the previous two years, there's been a rise in the overall number of adults entering treatment for crack cocaine. Uh, these rises include people who you, who are using crack with opioids at 18,832 to 20,158, and those who are using crack without opioids to 4,700 and 5,400. Uh, people starting treatment in 2022 to 2023 with powder cocaine problems increased by 10%. It's because they're holding the politicians a little bit more accountable for that nowadays. <laughs> uh, this surpasses the previous peak of 21,396 in 2019 to 2020. Uh, new entrants for treatment with cannabis problems increased again this year, which saw a 2% rise from 28,263 in 2021 to 2022 to 28,0. 845 this year new entrants with benzodiazepine problems fell six percent from 3848 to 3620 after increasing every year since 2018 to 2019 up to 2021 to 2022 although the numbers are relatively low uh, there was an increase in adults entering treatment in 2022 to 2023 with ketamine problems uh, this is part of a trend in rising numbers entering treatment over the last four years. The total is now over five times higher than it was in 2014 to 2015. So yeah, oh. lots of uh, lots of statistics being pushed out there, and pretty much the majority of the issues in society are being caused by people addicted to the opioids and alcohol right now. No, they're not problems caused in society. What is it? The people seeking treatment for these problems. You know the. Uh, the, the people looking for help pretty, to try and get over them might be relatively reflective of the community at large. Mm -hmm, anyway. mm -hmm. That's it. And when you see studies like this over the last five years or so, there's been some massive world events that have gone on, but have uh, just twisted a lot of statistics on fucking everything, you know? What was it? What you say, Marge? It's a massive world events. Like what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you mean. That, that cold thing, you know? <laughs> Right. Um, but it's but, clear, like it show, obviously shows that opiates and alcohol are a huge problem mm -hmm. in most societies as far as addiction potential and all the social harms they cause. And, and um, uh, a lot with cannabis. Yeah, but there was the a focus, six percent. Yeah. Sorry, monkey. I said no, but the folk, yeah, they spent all that money and uh, effort trying to make cannabis the, the villain. If they would just actually look at what's really causing the problems, mm -hmm. put put your money where the alcohol is, you know. Stats don't lie. Nope. Yeah, the benzodiazepine had dropped 6% as well. And, you know, what, what was the cause in such a huge drop? 6% is pretty hefty. You know, has that gone into people using more opioids or to move on to medical cannabis because that's legal now in the UK? You know, these studies can be looked into into more depth all the time. There's always more you can look into these and try and find out what the actual cause of these things were. You know diazepine, I mean? that's phallium, right? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Benzodiazepine, I think and i'm not in that but i mean if it is 
Valium would be a uh, tranquilizer. You could definitely use uh, indica to treat similar symptoms of depression, mm -hmm. situations like that. So yeah, it's possible that, yeah, maybe they found cannabis instead. Because we're finding so, that a lot now in a lot of legal states that, that they're finding uh, the rates of opioid addiction and treatment is dropping when cannabis is available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of those yeah. numbers too. Yep. It says here about housing as well. So for the first time in 2022 to 2023, services could record more detailed information about the current housing situation for people in treatment, including whether they were at risk of homelessness within the next eight weeks. This is people who are seeking help with uh, their addiction problems and how likely they are to be uh, made homeless because of their addiction issues. So a fifth, which is 20% of people starting treatment, had no home of their own when data was recorded. 37% of people starting treatment with opioid, opioid problems had no home of their own. That's fucking hefty, isn't it? 37%. Uh, the highest proportion amongst the four substances group. So people who are addicted to these kind of uh, medications, because that's what they are. That's what they start out with most of the time. I mean, when yeah. they say opioids, I'm sure, I'm sure heroin's going to be put into that as well, right? So what tends yeah. to happen is people start off on uh, painkillers and move on to heroin you know, to, for some kind of pain, whether it be physical or emotional pain. I don't know. Yeah, I know a couple of people that that's happened. They got, you know, prescriptions for lower back pain or back pain or whatever. And then mm -hmm. uh, then ended up with horrible addictions that cost them yeah. everything. Yeah. It's sad, man. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. But, you know, let them have that stuff. Don't give them that devil cannabis now because, you know, psychosis no, it's the devil's lettuce yeah. yeah so over one in 12 people nine percent starting treatment said they had a risk of homelessness in the next eight weeks for people with opioid problems the proportion the proportion with this risk was 16 percent, and for people with alcohol problems only this proportion was five percent people in treatment for problems with psychoactive substances mainly synthetic cannabinoids previously recorded as new psychoactive substances had the highest proportion of risk with 24% saying they could be made homeless within the next eight weeks when starting treatment. So it's just crazy, you know, because these people have these issues, it's, it's, it's like a domino effect, you know, no, nobody ever wants to end up as an addict of anything, you know, nobody, you know, when you're no. a teenager, you're like, I'm going to grow up and I can't wait to be a crack fiend. You know, nobody fucking, they, they <laughs> yeah, eventually no find their way there. Yeah. You know, it's right. like, fuck it. I'm going to go get fentanyl today and, Right. ruin my life nobody nobody fucking does that it's, it's always accidental they find their way there you know and, and it just has all these knock-on effects where it starts to affect their health their reliability so they can't you know keep a job and it just a lot of shit happens man and it's just a, a spiral that people unfortunately go down sometimes it's tragic man and a lot of it is caused by these fucking opioids which were not only legal, but encouraged, man. Like, oh, you got a bit of pain. Take these. No problem. Take these. Has anyone seen that? Docu it's not a documentary. It's like a, a dramatic. I don't want to say reenactment. It's a series on Netflix about the opioid crisis and kind of how it all happened. Like it's sicko or something like that. Is that what it is? I can't remember what it's called I, off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. it's like a serial. So there's like different episodes, but it's just outlining the original opiate ep epidemic and how it started and had all these like sales reps going out there and literally lying to doctors mm -hmm. and everyone was making money because doctors made money if they prescribed higher and higher doses. And then they were mm -hmm. telling their patients, yeah, this stuff has like 
almost zero percent addiction rates and stuff like and it's just mind-boggling that yeah painkiller much not said i think he's right painkiller effect has been so enormous and wide-reaching and yet Mm -hmm. they're around with this cannabis stuff being like no you don't want to deschedule that because i don't know it just seems so backwards to me it is it's when the opioids and alcohol are causing as much damage as they are causing and you see that Cannabis is so less harmful, so less addictive, many less side effects. Just so many good reasons to try and use that first. You know, it'd be like, try this cannabis first. And if the cannabis doesn't work and it isn't good enough, it's not relieving the pain, then move on to these highly addictive, deadly fucking drugs. (laughs) You know, let's try and take the harmless herb first. That would be a great step. But, you know, the ignorance doesn't allow them to. It says here in this article as well about mental ill health. Uh, Over two-thirds, 71%, or 97,685 of adults starting treatment said they had mental health treatment need. Uh, They had a mental health treatment need. This is in a similar proportion to the previous year, 70%, but a large increase from 2018 to 2019 of 53%. So that's that's a massive increase, maybe because of the world events over them them times. a at least two thirds of new starters in all substance groups needed mental health treatment, and the, I would say that the remaining third uh, probably just don't want to accept that they need it, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. it seems to be uh, something people who are dependent on substances usually have some kind of uh, mental health issue that they it's kind of a crutch for. I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. It's just you know an observation. Self medicating yeah. a little bit too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, they might not start off that way, but after a time of being disabled and not being able to live your life to the extent you want to, and then being addicted to these drugs, which is going to change your brain chemistry, it's going to cause mental health issues, just uh, you know, not being as able as you used to be. Uh, th- this need ranged from 67% in the opioids group to 77% in the non-opioid and alcohol group. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a massive article this it covers so much stuff goes into a lot of detail and i just thought it was you know interesting about how the opioid and the alcohol use is very high and they still don't want to try and use cannabis as a substance on on the in-between before people go on to these heavy drugs that obviously are causing a lot of trouble in society right now it's a shame to see people get stuck on these things man it's how the fuck did this happen to society man how did we allow this to happen it's bad you know, I started with a lie, you. man. And one mm-hmm. lie became two lies, two lies became three, and there you go. That Netflix show is called Painkiller, and it's a dramatization yep. of the role Purdue Pharma uh, had in the when they brought out OxyContin. Right, the whole Sackle family thing. Yeah. Is, is that, really, that, that's really some fucked actually. up shit, man. You see how oh, people are going to prison for uh, possessing a couple of fucking grams of cannabis and shit, but these guys yeah. caused the whole generation to become addicted much, to opioids and became billionaires doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. The guy who plays uh, the main uh, Purdue Farmer guy is played by Matthew Broderick, too. Right. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it, but I should watch it. I think my missus has watched it. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's so much corruption. They're so crooked. They're crooked. It's it's unbelievable that they've gotten away with this. And nobody has to do any prison time. They maybe have to yeah. pay a fine, but in you know they've gone and made a hundred hundred billion, but had to pay seven billion in a fine. It's nothing, is it? It's nothing. 
You know, I would no, say, would you do it? But, you know, normal people like us would be like, do I want to fuck up a whole generation of people in my country? It's like, no, I think I don't want to do that. Yeah, but we'll give you 93 billion in profit. You'd be like, yeah, I mean, it would be nice, but I don't think I want to go fuck up a whole generation of people. There's not an amount of money that normal people would take for something like that. But these psychopaths at the top of these pharmaceutical networks, they'd be like, oh, profit. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, man. Get as many kids as you need. Just bring me my money I don't need. Oh, fucking disgusting, man. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. But don't you be growing that devil cannabis now, everybody. Don't, don't you be helping your grandma with no CBD now. Well, you got to remember that devil cannabis now is so strong and so potent that it's creating psychosis instantly now, man. Mm-hmm. That's what they're telling us, at least. Yeah, well, they have a history of not telling the truth. Yeah, just a small one there, yeah. Right, so just I'll run through the overview here of this just to finish it off. The National Drug Treatment Monitoring System Statistics Report presents information on adults aged 18 and over uh, who were receiving help in England for problems with drugs and alcohol in the year between the 1st of April 2022 to the 31st of March 2023. Many people experiencing difficulty with and receiving treatment for both substances, while they often shared many similarities. They also have clear differences. So this report divided people into treatment into four substance groups. One being opioids, people who are dependent or have problems with opioids, mainly heroin, non-opioid. And this is something which I needed to uh, bring, Ooh, you, bring to the I thing like here. So, you know, <laughs> non-opioid, people who have problems with non-opioid drugs only, such as cannabis, crack, and ecstasy. <laughs> How have you put that? fucking cannabis in the same category as crack and ecstasy? Jesus. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so non-opioid and alcohol, people who have problems with both non-opioid drugs and alcohol. And alcohol only, people who have problems with alcohol but not have problems with any other substance. Uh, yeah, it's... That's uh, interesting. They put cannabis in there for the non-opiate stuff, even though when you look through all the stats, it's like... Cocaine itself was 10% of the people in treatment and crack cocaine was, I can't remember what the number was there, but it was a way higher number than anything cannabis related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Madness, man. Madness. And this uh, article, it covers a lot of stuff. It goes into a lot of detail. So if you want to look into this more, just head over to uh, the gov.uk slash government slash statistics slash substance misuse if you can if you do do a google search for that and you'll find it or you know whichever search engine you use and you can have a, a detailed look about what figures you know who male female the ages what drugs they're on uh you know the, the risk of mental health the risk of homelessness a lot a lot of uh works being put into this study by the look of things but of course it's from the government so it's not to be trusted take it with a pinch of salt <laughs> I don't trust anything these fuckers release, man. They would have they would have held back statistics if they didn't try and suit their narrative in some way. It's very rare you get an open, honest uh, study done by these people nowadays. They're not to be trusted. Are you calling them crooked politicians? My God, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> right up there. Put it right in front of them. <laughs> but yeah, check it out, everybody. It's a it's a decent study. It, it makes good reading for ten minutes if you want to make your way through the whole article. It, it's interesting. But what have you got from you this week, Mike? You've got some interesting news, right? You, people going on holiday or something? Yeah. If anyone's thinking about booking <laughs> a cruise, then you might oh, want to think this twice. One. Yeah. <laughs> Good. This one's from Marijuana Moments. Carnival Cruise Lines denies that anti-marijuana enforcement measures are meant to boost alcohol sales on ships. <laughs> Again, where's yeah, the money? Yeah. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Passenger cruise lines like Carnival and Royal Caribbean have policies against marijuana, noting that the substance is illegal in many ports it sails to, and that they're following federal law. But as more people return to the ships and as more of them come from states where the drug is legal, operators are reportedly taking more extreme measures to detect cannabis and cracking down on people who attempt to use it, including those who simply pack CBD products, which are legal across the U.S., As the Wall Street Journal reported in a story on the trend this week, Carnival Cruise Lines not only sends pre-cruise messages reminding passengers not to bring cannabis, but also now employs drug-sniffing dogs, what everybody wants to see when they're boarding the ship. Yeah, I love dogs. (laughs) That's just nuts, man. I'm going going on a holiday in the the country and I've got to go past drug dogs? Oh, man. Companies say they're focused on legal compliance and providing a comfortable experience for non-users. But the article notes that cruise operators may have an ulterior motive to discourage cannabis use. Besides limiting potential legal liability, cruise lines could benefit financially by prohibiting cannabis on board. The paper reported alcohol is a major revenue generator for ships and cruises also limit how much booze passengers can bring on board. It talked to a Florida-based personal injury attorney who said he's, quote, convinced that the decision to take such a hard line on cannabis or CBD is because they're trying to drive alcohol sales, unquote. Mm. Royal Caribbean told WSJ that it prohibits all cannabis on its ships, including for medical or therapeutic use. Carnival, for its part, says it's not considering uh, can- cannabis's effect on alcohol sales in setting the policy. Of course, they're going to say that. Of that course. sounds like something someone would say when they're high. Whipped Chris <laughs> Chiamis, chief communications officer for the cruise line, who should probably be fired after putting that in print. When a guest cannot employ enjoy their balcony because neighbors are smoking marijuana, this becomes a customer service issue, he says. The article quotes a number of passengers who feel similarly to this fucker. The marijuana <laughs> shouldn't disturb another guest's enjoyment of the cruise. Okay, all- wait a minute. Wait about cigarettes. Come on now. Mm-hmm, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. But they're saying that they're also limiting hemp-derived CBD, even though the wow. cannabinoids are legal at the federal level. One Texas woman, Erin Van Veldhusen, received a lifetime ban from Carnival Lines after security found CBD gummies in her carry-on luggage. Fuck! Her lawyer said her family received a partial refund. Nevertheless, enforcement appears to be still appears to be sporadic, as WSJ reported that other passengers have managed to smoke cannabis without consequence, and most passengers found with uh, marijuana are rarely charged with the crime. At least in the U.S., some tourists have faced civil penalties and even jail time for the drug in Bermuda and the Bahamas. Uh, Carnival spokesperson acknowledged that many passengers are confused as more jurisdictions legalize cannabis despite federal prohibition. Nearly three quarters of all U.S. states now allow medical marijuana, which while almost half have legalized cannabis for adult use. Of course, confusion can carry consequences. For example, they bring up the example of the WNBA player Mm -hmm. Griner in Russia, which, you know. But that wasn't confusion. That's not the same fucking thing. She ignorantly... Took cannabis she, into a yeah. country she knew it was illegal. That's not the same as going on to a cruise ship. No, and like she was there for different... And it's Russia. You always have to be careful when you're in yeah, Russia. Yeah, you know. What are you doing there anyway? People, Jesus. We're exactly. paying a bunch of money to like float on the sea with a bunch of other people, and it's a bit different. But 
Um, what else are they? It's frustrating, like, like Monkey said, though, you know, with the whole cigarettes thing, like you can't just stop something because it might upset people because of the smell when cat when there, there are people smoking tobacco out there. I hate the smell of tobacco, but I have to well, deal with it. Oh, awful, it's horrible. Uh, I know people who can't stand to be around other people who are consuming alcohol. I mean, um, what about those people? You know, people just don't yeah. shower. You're, you're going to stand around those and it's like, <laughs> you're going to make it law that they have to shower now because oh, yeah. I don't like the smell. Yeah, shower side of the board. Yeah, you have shower side, <laughs> not shower side over there. Yeah. So they do yeah. mention a bit about Biden issuing the mass pardon last year uh, to all. To nobody. Commit- yeah. Right. <laughs> And also, how they were, I think they were talking a bit about how they're looking at the, the rescheduling. While it's unlikely the rescheduling, if it happens, would have any legal effect on cruise ship policies, especially with potential Food and Drug Administration approval of additional cannabis-based drugs some ways off, the change would nevertheless build further momentum or confusion around allowing cannabis on cruise ships. So there you have it. If you want to smoke weed on a boat, don't take a cruise. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm on a boat, a eh? yeah. I don't know. So gonna, I don't know. I'm going to take a cruise to Jamaica, and I can't even have cannabis. Right. Oh my god! No. And look at it this way, right? If you just get away from the ports and you're in international waters, what they're going to do? Kick you off? You know, fuck it. Smoke anyway. Right. Man overboard. <laughs> Walk the plank. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. You get chased off the off the gangplank by this drug sniffing dog. Jeez. Yeah, I, I read a similar article during the week, and it was crazy because yeah, they were talking about how you if a uh, the drug sniffing dogs or if they even X ray like like a TSA going your bags going on board, if they open your bag and find anything like this, you would be fined, turn over to the authorities, banned for life from the cruise ship, lose your lose the fee. I mean, it's it all sounded like financial like you know ching 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 right it was was crazy stuff like that yeah come on it's it's a holiday i'm spending my money i'm giving you money let me have a little fun well and like when they're also not recognizing medical cannabis either because Mm -hmm. obviously so many people who have medical cards who use it for specific reasons and then they're like yeah but what if it disturbs the enjoyment of the guest above you on their balcony like fuck off these boats are gigantic yeah, sure there's, now, there's a way. The ones, the ones that I've been on, uh, they were mostly non-smoking vessels, but they had the upper deck, which is smoking deck. You could, hey, you want to, you want to smoke your weed, go up where everybody else is smoking their cigars and their cigarettes and everything else, right. you know. Right, and then you're not disturbing anybody if that's yeah. really a concern, and that's right. a workaround. Or allow people their edibles. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. You know, do, do they allow people on uh, on these things with uh, nicotine vape carts? uh what's the difference there you know yeah if you you can suck on a a nicotine vape cart and quote unquote not bother somebody next to you what's the difference with cannabis and everything i see now about those like nicotine vape carts and stuff that they're so bad for you and yet they're Mm -hmm. still arguing over schedules rescheduling cannabis and i'm like (laughs) nicotine like that shit is so bad for you Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really weird in that respect, too, because they don't have near the regulations that the cannabis industry has as far as purity and, and contaminants. So, you know, the, the uh, those, those nicotine things, they can put all different kind of flavorings and enhancements for the for the all different factors on it. We can't do any of that with cannabis because it has to be so pure with no impurities to fast inspection. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. It is. So I don't Please know about it. you guys, but I'm not really into cruising. 
I know yeah. people who love them. I've never been on one, but it doesn't appeal to me. But now I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, it's not working. You know, <laughs> can't take weed. No, even less of a chance of me getting on that shit now. Right. Jesus. I mean, you always have to be careful anyway when you're traveling somewhere. Obviously, if you're going someplace, you want to be really careful bringing cannabis with you wherever mm-hmm. you're going. But I don't know. Like you said, you're on international waters. Yeah. yeah. Worst crimes can... have happened out here. <laughs> <laughs> Much worse. The, the cruises that I've been on, the caution was given that, you know, once you cross that gangplank and walk on, off the ship, that mm-hmm. you, you would be subject to the laws of, of that land, right. pretty much. So right. if I leave my weed on the ship, what's the difference, huh? Exactly. You're not mm-hmm. you're not taking your cannabis into the port or whatever. Nope. Where it might be legal. Nope. Nope. Oh. I brought it with me. I'm going to take it home with me. Yeah. Right. All right, so we got another one from the USA. You want to cover this? Uh, it's on here, monkey. And then we'll get to the Netherlands one last. We'll yeah, this is this. a shorter one, um, but it but it was kind of interesting. We, we've kind of touched a little bit on this before. It says states that ban cannabis may unintentionally promote unregulated Delta eight THC products. Federally funded study says. Oh, first of all, right there, federally funded study. So they can't say they don't have any studies. We got one here. <laughs> But I'm sure as soon as, yeah, this will be filed somewhere and it'll be forgotten and then we won't have any studies. That's how it works usually. Right. Okay. People in states where cannabis is illegal are significantly more likely to have used products containing less known cannabinoids like Delta Delta 8 THC, signaling that prohibition may unintentionally promote use of loosely regulated products, according to a new federally funded study published by the American Medical Association. I think we've noticed this before because, Marge, I believe you said that uh, when you were in your Gangier class in California, some people from Texas were, were talking about the Delta 8 and Delta 9 because that's all they could get there. Yeah. And, yep. and so that's a perfect example of, of how, yeah, you can't get the good stuff, so you, you use what you can get. Uh, the, the research letter published in the Journal of America, Medical Medical the Journal of the American Medical Association Network Open on Wednesday contains what it says is the first ever set of significant data on use trends for the emerging cannabinoids such as Delta-8, CBG, and CBN, as well as an updated numbers for the consumption of CBD products. Researchers in the Michigan State University, University of Buffalo, and Legacy Research Institute analyzed survey data from 1,169 adults from June uh, 22nd through 26th. The results showed that the use of CBD had increased by 50% since 2019, which more than one out of nine, one out of five Americans, 21% reporting usage in the past uh, past year uh, of the non-intoxicating cannabinoid. Yeah, man. Well, because it's uh, more available now. It's simply that. Yeah. 10 years ago, you, you couldn't get plants with CBD in it, you know, but no, it's fucking everywhere. It's nice, man. When the farm bill hit, hit the states, I mean, CBD was everywhere. As soon as it became legal, you, you could find it. At, I mean, every every state that did not have legal cannabis and, and a lot of states that did have legal cannabis, suddenly you were finding CBD oils on every counter of every market you ever went to. If there was a cash register, you would pretty much find for sale something that contained CBD on the counter there. And it was mm-hmm. like for, for about two or three years, it was blanketing. You don't see it as much anymore. It's easy to find, but they're not shoving it in your face. I don't see it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a fad that has died off now. Yeah, I think everybody's tried it and, and really realized that it wasn't quite what they thought it was going to be. You mm-hmm. know, because they, you know, they touted it for a while as to being a cure-all. 
it'll, it'll, it'll make you sleep better. It'll make you calm down. You'll lose weight. It'll prevent cancer. This is what they tell you everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're saying that quite as much anymore. <clears throat> okay. Uh, that's uh, so where are we? Um, overall, 25% of respondents reported using the emerging cannabinoid in the past year. About 12% of the respondents use Delta 8, 5.2 use CBG, and 4.4 use CBN. Now, they don't talk about the uh, hemp derived Delta 9, which is really pretty uh, available. You know, most of the southern states I've been through, you can find it pretty easily. And all it is is, you know, they say that you can have 0.03% THC in, in this hemp. So they basically are, are isolating it and selling it. Uh, it's, I have tried it. It's not that great. It's kind of like uh, got a lot of CBN in it. it makes you sleepy, kind of groggy. Not, 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 not like a clean high. It's just fucking ridiculous, isn't it, man? Why can't we just stick to the natural shit? Come on, well, I, that's where I was, you know, but so yeah. we had um, had a guy we met he, here at a music festival and he's a grower and he, he said, you got to try it. And he's like, he, he swore yeah. it was as good as anything else. And, you know, I tried it and I was extremely underwhelmed and that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what more is there to say? I'm going like it lacked taste. It kind of made me groggy. It was couch lock. It wasn't anything that I want. You know, not, 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 not happy with it. Okay. Mm. Among young people who use cannabis in the past year, those living in non-legal states were more than twice as likely to have used Delta 8 THC. Now, I can tell you for a fact that where I live, it is illegal and Del- uh, unless you have a medical situation. Uh, and Delta 8 is everywhere. And a matter of fact, I can get Delta 8, Delta 9 uh, carts. I get advertisements in my email all the time. Free Delta 8 vape carts. Free Delta 9 vape cart. You know, they're trying to just... They're trying to get your email and keep you on the thing like that. The stuff is so unregulated and so uh, dangerous because it's so unregulated. You don't know what's in the carts. You don't know anything, but it's out there. Anybody can buy it. It's not regulated for kids or anything like that. It's just, you know, they send it, mail it, put it in the mail. Okay, this seems to reinforce a broader trend that numerous studies have identified over the recent years providing legal access to regulated cannabis products diverts people away from using non-regulated cannabis. And in this case, without having access, people in non-legal states are taking advantage of of the gray market of cannabinoids that may technically be legal under federal hemp laws, but are increasingly being targeted in some states due to to lack of regulation and data on health impacts of products like Delta-8. And they're also talking about THCO, HHC, those kind of things, THCP. I have yet to hear of a state being completely successful in, in banning these things. It seems to be because the Farm Act made it legal, it's hard to make it illegal. So they're having to focus on the, the fact that they're, they're chemically changing. Uh, like most of the Delta-8 is actually be, is being manufactured from CBD that's being chemically treated. Uh, however, it's very difficult for, for somebody to say where it came from. Now, technically, by the Farm Act, what is legal everywhere is that small speck of Delta-8 that came out of that cannabis. But there's no way for them to, to take a vape cart, say, and, and make sure that all of it in there came out of, ca- out of cannabis naturally or was any of it chemically induced or switched to become Delta-8. They have no way. To, they can't do that right now. So... Good luck on the states trying to figure a way of making it illegal because there's your loophole like that, though. 
Um, our results highlight the importance of the future research to better understand perceptions of safety, motivation, and use. The outcomes of these products, it says. The study was partially funded by the uh, National Institute of Drug Abuse and the National Intusta Helch, which publicized a funded opportunity, funding opportunity for the research projects investigating minor cannabinoids last year. There are mixed perspectives about how to address the emerging cannabinoids among lawmakers, advocates, and industry stakeholders. Some states have moved to ban their, or restrict their sales, for example. Others are pushing for revised federal rules to regulate intoxicant cannabinoids separately from CBD. Since uh, state cannabis regulators have urged Congress to ensure that they are examining policies of the broader class of emerging cannabinoids, not just CBD. The expectations is that the congressional lawmakers will, make, will take up the issue during the negotiations over the next farm bill considerations, which have been delayed until next year after the current legislation was temp temporarily extended. So they're going to have to extend the farm bill or this whole Delta 8, Delta 9 rod is, is going to be over. That'd be interesting. The Drug Enforcement Administration has said that it considers cannabinoids illegal if they were synthetically produced, as is a common practice for Delta 8. But the market for such products has flourished nonetheless with limited enforcement. The Food and Drug Administration, which, which faced criticism for declining to enact CBD regulations, has only lightly addressed emerging cannabinoid issues. For example, the agency has sent warning letters to various companies. They say they are unlawfully selling copycat Delta-8 products that are misleading packaged uh, to mimic popular brands like Doritos, Cheetos, and Jolly Ranchers. We've seen those, those things on the market. But, you know, mm. everything from mm. nerds to Doritos and, and all it is is this sprayed with this Delta-8 and sold as uh, edibles. Yeah, what's not says in the chat there says I thought Delta 98 she was just the chemical name for THC. It is no, Delta 98. Yeah, it's just a, that's Delta 98. She's a, a type of THC. There's different varieties of THC and most cannabinoids as well. Correct. There's a Delta 8, Delta 9, then you have THCO, THCP, uh, then THCA. A, uh, THCA, right? That's the acid form before you had mm -hmm. decarboxylated. So, yeah, there's different stuff, like Mackie says. Um, but the farm bill basically legalized any compound that was uh, naturally existed in the hemp plant. And even if, even though it's in, in minor trace amounts, Delta eight does exist in the hemp plant, hemp plant as does Delta nine. So those are the loopholes right now that all the States are having to jump through mm -hmm. uh, because of the stuff like that. And a lot, and I'm large, you probably see it up there in Canada. You don't see much, much ask people asking for Delta eight up there. Cause why should they? No, no, get well, good shit. Yeah, and get the yeah, the much. real deal. Yeah, but I mean, well, you can't get it. That's you know, people will go get what they can get. So we definitely don't recommend you know, don't get grow your own, get the good stuff, stay That's away right. from that synthetic stuff. Mm -hmm. Fuck around with these fools who got no idea what they're talking about. No, yeah. but uh, this one is from the Netherlands, which we mentioned before we moved on to the news. And the headline goes, Netherlands begins trial to make cannabis fully legal. So many of you might know about the, the cannabis in the Netherlands, you know, where Amsterdam is. That's uh, it's not necessarily legal. It's decriminalized. Please turn a blind eye to it. And when they get cannabis in the coffee shops in the Netherlands, it's usually from the legacy market. It doesn't have a legal market where this stuff's grown. 
So they're making moves to try and properly legalize it and make it more into a regulated business. And, you know, we've reported on the show many, many times how they're always going on about we're going to stop tourists coming over and stop tourists from consuming cannabis. And now they're going to fully legalize it. And it's like, how are they going to stop us from getting it then <laughs> if it's fully legalized? You know, it's, they're never going to go back on it. It's too much tourism, everybody. You know, yeah. whenever you see these news stories about they're going to stop selling cannabis to tourists, it's just a advertisement ploy to get in all the newspapers. And then everybody's like, oh, no, we're quick. We've got to go back to the dam before they stop us all having weed. That's exactly and, you know, it. It but never I think happens. The dam finally realized that Germany's going to do something pretty quick. And if they don't do something to match, mm-hmm. they could be in the losing end of the deal. Mm hmm. Here's a, just quickly read this. Uh, cannabis users in two Dutch cities can smoke legally for the first time as authorities roll out a trial that would expand the country's tolerance of cannabis to full legality. Uh, historic moment, said the health minister Ernst Kuipers. Kuipers? Yeah, I think that's Kuipers. Ernst Kuipers. That's not a bad pronoun. You know how we butcher names on this show. That was a pretty good fucking job if I do say so myself. Butch that one nice, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Ernst Kuipers on Friday. That even had a little bit more fucking accent to it. Then he, he did you get that <laughs> third time. Anyway, yeah, on Friday, as he scanned the first box of legal cannabis in the Baron Coffee Shop on the south city of Breda, a misconception abroad that cannabis is already legal in the Netherlands, which is home of the famous coffee shops and has seen a huge draw for cannabis smokers. In fact, the drug exists in a legal grey area, which the government hopes to stub out with the four-year trial starting in Breda near Tilburg uh, and nearby Tilburg. So they're the two cities. The consumption of small quantities of cannabis is legal, but please choose not to, sorry, is illegal, but please choose not to enforce the law as part of a tolerance policy that has been in place since the 1970s. However, the production of cannabis and its supply to the coffee shops is also illegal, but this is not tolerated, meaning producers and coffee shop owners have to operate in the shadows. This has led to gang involvement, as it does, uh, with a related rise in petty crime and antisocial behavior that officials hope to stop if the trial is successful. Four years, though? Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Mm. Criminal organizations took over that criminal market and therefore coffee shop owners were depending on the criminal market and that had to stop the mayor of Breda, Paul Depler, told agency France Press. So it must be the French press agency. Uh, production will be limited to a handful of farms, which is cool, you know, to start, whose cannabis will be closely monitored before being supplied to the coffee shops. Consumers would be guaranteed a high-quality product whereas before it was impossible to know where the cannabis came from and whether it had been altered. So it's a step in the right direction, but it's not a big enough one. You know, for, let, let me, I don't know, let me try and explain it. It's um, if you've only got these two farms, which are going to produce a large amount of cannabis legally for the people of the Netherlands, right? And they're the only two. But you also have this organized gang culture, which has been around for 50 years since the 70s. And they've been, you know, been having this business going on for a long time. It's very lucrative. They make a lot of money for it. And then there's only two farms. So it's very easy to get rid of the competition when there's only two farms. You know what I'm saying? You're dealing with criminal organizations here. They will not 
shy away from just going up and smashing up a few fucking farms, will they? You know what I mean? If there's more farms and there's less risk of that happening, won't we have to take them all out? You know, do it make sense? I'm just sounding like a crazy person. A bit of both. Yes, you're making sense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's just, uh, there should be more farms. You should uh, like either do it or don't. You know, Jesus, we're going to test it in two cities and we're going to open two farms. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not good enough. It's Uh, easier to, it's easier to to monitor two farms. So I think is why they're doing it. You know, mm -hmm, they don't have mm -hmm. more, more growers. You have to have more people to do the test program. Yeah. So the products will be clean, tested, pesticide free, said Ashwin Matei, the cultivator director at Holland High Farm, which will supply coffee shops legally from February. And so maybe the standard of weed will go up because it's not been great over there in Amsterdam. So, you know, maybe the standard will go up with this. Maybe not. Maybe it'll get worse. Jesus. Uh, the level of THC and CBD, the active ingredients of cannabis, would be measured so users know the strength of their joint. Kuipers said, from a public health perspective, we have no oversight of the process and we could not do any checks on any potential contamination of the products. Uh, now we can do all that. Independent researchers will monitor the trial with a view to eventual decriminalization. Okay. Uh, asked whether it could lead to le- legalizing other drugs, Depler was cautious. Let's start with the legalization of cannabis and then we can see what will happen because I think some people are also afraid it will lead to more people being addicted, he said. I think one thing is for sure, everybody is glad that we can say farewell to this policy which was hypocritical and not logical. Uh, one unknown surrounding the planned policy in the Gert Wilders factor, whose right, far-right party for freedom won 37 seats in the general election last month. The party wants to scrap the tolerance policy and push for a drug-free Netherlands. So it's going to be interesting. Very interesting couple of years politically we've had. Sorry, Marge, what was that? I said drug-free Netherlands. <clears throat> From the party of freedom? Party for freedom? That seems. Oh yeah, that's but that's what they always say, isn't it? Like, like the Patriots Act. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. They always make it seem as if it's a good thing for you to be doing. It, I don't know the way they word these bills. It's craziness, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, possibly looking at legislation. You see, you know, it's rare that these countries take a step backwards with these things. You know, it's like they slowly introduce these things to make sure that the public get more comfortable with the uh, the changes rather than doing it all at once. So I think uh, yes. they're just going to be heading yeah. in that direction in Netherlands now. Good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So should we move on to the forum news here then? Because we got a few yes, minutes yes. left. We'll, we'll quickly get the forum news done, take a five-minute break, and then get the growth guides going. So, yes, forum news. We had a couple of promotions over on the forum this week. A yeah, uh, couple big ones, yeah. Yeah, to, to moderator, which is not given out very often. It's given out to people who have been a member for a long time, and we think that can contribute to the admin and the moderator team, just to keep the eye on posts and things around the forum. You know, general housekeeping nice, and like, shit like that, you know. Yeah, man. Security, yeah, so, those kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so congratulations to I'm Sparky and Filmy Balls as well. Which Ooh. somebody mentioned before that it sounds like say feel my balls. That's not what it is. <laughs> it's feel me balls, like balls bong bowl. All right. right. And it's Phil as in Phil, Philip, it's short for Philip. Feel me balls, yes. reporter. That's right. That's right. Oh, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it probably thought that, but it was somebody else. But 
Yes, yeah. congrats to those guys, man. Very cool. Thanks for becoming part of the team and you know getting stuck in with that kind of shit. It's a community around site, and you know it's important that the members run the place and be involved in things like this. It's yeah, good man. to see. So thanks for getting involved. We appreciate it. Uh, also, this show here will be the last show until the 7th of January. Not the last one. It's the last main one. We're, going, we're not going to do the cannabis news and events and the grow guys for a few weeks because we have the festive season coming. But we will have the special streams. We've got the conspiracy special coming up on the 19th with uh, Ben Bolin from Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. He'll be joining us. We're going to have uh, Brian from the Brian and Marco show joining us. We've also got Connor McLeod who was on the show just last week, he'll be joining us as well for a special conspiracy episode where we're just <laughs> going to go down random rabbit holes and tangents. You know how we roll. And then we have the Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, see if we, <laughs> it, we'll see if we have the uh, Christmas special on Thursday if we ain't shut down. But, uh, yeah, the Christmas special, we're going to have Marco and Brian should be joining us for that day. I think Martin Condon from Martin's World, he should be joining us, but he also has a court date that day. And if he doesn't join us, it pretty much means because he's been sent to prison. But we'll find out about that on the day. But we also have Jordan River joining us then as well. So, and we're still looking at a couple of more names who might be able to join us on the day. Just going to be a nice Christmassy session to talk about Christmas stuff and get high. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Nice. nice, yeah, it's going to be a good few episodes. But with that, yeah. that's all the forum news. I think that's everything for now. Yeah. So, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll move on to the outro. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's Cannabis News and Events. And this also is the last Cannabis News episode of the year. So I just want to say a quick thank you to all of you guys who have listened to the show throughout the whole year. And even you guys who are new as well. We appreciate everybody who downloads this show. So thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thanks to you guys who have sent in news articles throughout the year as well. I hope you've enjoyed this year's cannabis news and events. There has been a lot of episodes and we've covered a lot of stories. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you've learned some things. And again, thanks as always for being here. Thank you for downloading the show. I hope we can catch you on Tuesday for the special conspiracy live stream and Thursday for the special Christmas live stream. But again, thank you for being here. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've enjoyed all the episodes this year and we'll catch you on the next one. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.